The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. Watch, you are watching Splash Pages, the comic book club. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Boba Fett. It's going to be a kick-ass episode. And uh, with us, as always, Velvet Joker. How's it going, bud? May the force be with you. This is the way. Uh, Drew, how's it going, bud? Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. That's all they are. I'm good. Uh, you keep that up. We can uh, we can bring the holiday special back. There are some there are some things that need to stay at the bottom of the scarlet pit. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I, I know we're going to be talking about Boba tonight, uh, but uh, what do you guys want to kick off first? Do you want to talk about some, some geek stuff that's going on? or Love and Peacemaker? Like, like I st- I'm sorry, I'm still really behind. Um, I, I need to 
I haven't seen I haven't seen that. I hear it's great. I mean, faith in James Gunn, obviously, with the Peacemaker. Although I I am very excited to see more people doing the Peacemaker dance. I, I will tell you that. I've seen that. That is fantastic. Now, Joe, I, ha I have to bring this up since you just brought up the dance. Yes. Um, there was an article on, an, uh, let's say, an, an, an opposing company to your company. Mm -hmm. And they did an article about the dance. Okay. And, and, and in the article, it actually said, now Screen Rant is going to go and do this five seconds later while dissing us at the same time. What do you have to say about that? I can neither confirm nor deny that there has been any sort of return or, or retaliation to this. Mm -hmm. I do understand that the internet is full of a lot of trolls mm -hmm. without a bridge. Right, um, right. And as a representative, I have no comment mm -hmm. except uh, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook user says nothing but Star Wars except the obvious Superman shirt you're wearing, LOL. <laughs> And uh, Darren Miller's in the house. Hey, Darren says, smoke some cannabis, fellas. Does a body good. Thank you for joining tonight. Uh, keep that in mind. There's a video out there. Apparently, John Cena could not make uh, one of the um, test uh, recordings for the dance. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alan Tudyk stood in for him. I did. Yes, I did hear that. He is the husband of the, um, the, the dance lady. The choreographer, the dance lady. Thank you, I, the choreographer. <laughs> He's so awesome. I I uh, caught uh, the new episode of uh, Resident Alien. How is that? I I haven't watched any of it. Is it good? I, I finally watched the first two episodes. Uh, it was fun, uh, better than I thought it was going to be. That's for sure. Well, I mean, it's Alan Tudyk. He just has this level of of manic hilarity. That it's just so it can be so over the top, but yet still very grounded. And it, like the premise alone, is just fantastic. You know, it it, it reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Men in Black, uh, Kingpin. There, Men in Black, Kingpin. Uh, the actor who played Kingpin, who's in Men in Black, oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. the yeah. Igor suit. You know, oh, it, it, yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, See. because you know, Alan Tudyk is—he's is, actually an alien, but everybody sees him as a human, uh, mm -hmm. except for like this one kid that can see him as an alien, and just like his mannerisms and everything, just like you know, it, it just reminds me a lot about that. It's just—he he does a, an amazing, amazing job acting that. <laughs> Edgar, your skin's hanging off of your bones. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, um, Leo, now circling back to um, the John Cena show Peacemaker, um, I th I was reading. I thought it was really interesting that the um, the actor that plays Vigilante was recast after the fifth episode. Really, it was totally a different actor with a different oh. build and everything. So they had to reshoot all his scenes again. So they they, they kind of did the Shrek thing. It's like oh, we already recorded dialogue. And then I'm just going to say to do a Scottish accent. Now we have to spend another million just to re-record because you did, you had an epiphany. I mean, it was the right choice, but still, like, yeah. Really? I mean, the, the word is that he he left amicably, but out of only eight shows, and you did five, and you couldn't spit out the last three. Th there has to be something behind the scenes that we don't know. 
Absolutely. And, and, and considering this, the nerd world, eventually they'll shed a light on it. So sure. we'll probably find out. I give it about two, three weeks, maybe a month. We'll find out. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the guy who's playing it now is brilliant. So I, I can't imagine another actor um, mm-hmm. doing a different per- perception of this character. That scene when they're going after the first. I, I remember Drew hasn't seen it. Thank okay. you. <laughs> thank you, Rich. Oh, thank you so, so much. Generalize as much as you can. Okay, can okay. I'll, all I'll, I'll try my best. But just his absolute joy with the one scene where John Cena couldn't do his job. Yes. And he, yes, he, yes, he, yes. He shows up. Okay. Yes. Yes. And just his joy in performing that job was just absolutely yes. Oh. I feel you, and everyone, everyone who has seen the show understands exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love the show. I, I, uh, I think I'm an episode or two behind. Uh, okay. So, well, uh, well, if you haven't seen the jail scene yet, is oh, another yes. brilliant scene with our our friend Vigilante. And again, Drew, I'm I'm ruining nothing for you by just. Totally general. That's fine. You just do whatever you got to do. You know, I'll just. Yeah, I I appreciate that. And I respect you as well. You know, even when you're wrong, I'm like, that's his opinion. It's fine. It's fine. You know, absolutely. Uh, uh, YouTube did spoil uh, this week's episode of Superman and Lois for me, though. Well, Uh, I'm not going to say what better. That's YouTube. I know, uh, but is in my queue ready to watch episode three? Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, uh, mm-hmm. but they, they do bring in a, another m- major Superman character. Okay. Yeah. But uh, how many episodes are we into the new season, Leo? Because I haven't watched any of the new season. Three. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Th- this week's going to be episode four. Okay. Can I can I actually discuss just briefly something I heard in the news, and I'm kind of like really about it. So I heard that uh, they contracted Grant Gustin to do another season of The Flash. And I got to be honest with you, with all due respect to Grant, who's still doing, you know, a pretty, pretty decent job as Barry Allen. Like, we just got to, like, like who, who is watching still? Like, that's my I question. I haven't watched it in so long. I haven't yeah, watched the, it in Yeah, seasons. it's this. It's the same way I felt about like Walking Dead, like when they were like, "Oh, we're finally in season." I was like, "This show's still on. People are still yeah. watching it." Well, you well, know, well, Walking Dead was it took a huge crash, and then they changed like the previous showrunner fucked things up. They changed showrunners, and she's drastically trying to bring it back. The last couple seasons were really good, mm-hmm. uh, but I agree with you. It, it like everybody dropped off with Flash. I heard that he only renewed for a to do it ad hoc and a season at a time rather than doing like five, you know, renewing for five seasons. Right. Uh, so he's bringing in more money, but has said, you know, we're just going to do it a season at a time. But I agree with it. Who like who the hell's watching, you know, CW? Right. Wasn't there even talk that they were going to sell off the, the CW media? Yeah, it, it's uh, just... Like, it's just no longer like CW has, in my opinion, just kind of run its course. You know, all superhero television has a, their heyday. You know what I mean? Like there was a time when supervillain, t- supervillain, superhero TV was just Smallville, yeah. and and, and mm-hmm. it's fine. There were things that worked in Smallville. There are things that didn't work in Smallville. You know, and we wouldn't have the CW without Smallville. We wouldn't. It would. It just. It's just. You know. You got to give credit where credit's due, but. Like I, I like 
I saw clips of I think their crossover with like Black Lightning and and a bunch of other characters and I was just like this is just a mess. Yeah. And and on top of it they tried painting off uh, what is it, Despero is 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 a good guy from the future. I was like okay we I was like oh man we we have like for me the last thing I really thought was amazing in the CW was Crisis. Like what a, a fantastic crossover. I mean, admittedly, in terms of content, I think Elseworlds was still my favorite, but I appreciate the scope and the dedication to that that magnitude with Crisis, you know, bringing everything together, which I think was great because the whole alternate Earths thing, I mean, it's a cute idea, but after a while you're like, can we... Like, especially if you just keep coming over to the one universe. I was like, can we just combine them, please? Let's just, you know, instead of, let's just put the sandbox together. Um, so personally, I I still don't care. I'm the only show I was even remotely considering catching up is Stargirl and possibly Legends. Um, because I always thought Legends was the funnier and more authentically comic book of the stories but that's just me uh star girl definitely um i have to catch up to that but um, I, I did uh finish that second season of star girl and it was uh, good for, you know I, I i was really surprised um mostly because it seems like it's more of like a teeny bopper type of show mm-hmm. but they have enough dc easter eggs to keep me in there right um and i thought that the uh Eclipso was an awesome character as the bad guy this season. And and of course, I don't think it would really surprise anybody, you know, that one of the things that I'm definitely want to catch up to in the second season, first, I stopped watching mid first season because admittedly, to me, the first season was a little rough. Um, it, it picked up from what I saw, but the first two episodes were, I was like, wow, this is, you know, has some Arrow season four level writing here. This is just cringe. <laughs> well, um, they made season four of Arrow. No, yes, they did. <laughs> but, but going on, um, you know, I think one of the things that I appreciate is that James Robinson, who, um, you know, is is was the the guy who introduced Jack Knight Starman, and in in uh, was one of the people who had an issue where he he passed along the mantle to Courtney. He's one of the writers in the show. And um, I thought to me, I was like, wow, that's awesome. Because it's it's showing, you know, hi, we, we you know, we want to keep true to the roots. You know, we'll have a comic writer who, you know, knows the characters fairly well. And then, of course, Jeff Johns is supervising it because, you know, Courtney is his character. It's based on his sister. Um, for me, I saw clips, uh, you know, like Leo, uh, YouTube can't help. And my curiosity gets the better of me. I did see one or two clips where I saw Shade and I was just like, yes, because Shade is such a big part of James Robinson's Starman series. I saw him, the way they did the powers, his look, even the way he talked. I was like, you know what? You, 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 you did good. This, this is, I can see this is a Victorian immortal here, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it, it helped right around the same time as when we, we did that shade uh, mini series, which was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I was trying to so, tie so everything in. Just backtrack. Is that a show coming out, or is that something that already came out? 
Which one? Stargirl? Yeah. No, no, I mean the episode with, with Shade. Yeah, that already happened. It was part of the fight against Eclipso. Okay. Yeah, so it, I, I have not watched Stargirl at all. Oh, it's, okay. It's it's definitely worth checking into. It it does get a little teen drama. There are certain characterizations personally that I'm not a fan of that I'm, I'm going to give a better shot. Um, and uh, again, it's not the actor's fault. They are doing the best they can. It's really, I put more of the blame on the writing. Um, you know, obviously if we have a conversation about that, I, I'll make those criticisms known. I, I, we don't have time to do that here. Um, so back to my point. Um, I think we should eventually mourn the, the 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 death of the CW verse and then welcome a new age of TV shows, kind of like the the Renaissance of Star Wars that we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you, you know, with, with that being said, uh, I, I think Superman and Lois should be the breaking point mm-hmm. because the way they've been developing that show. Um, right. It has almost no connection to the CW. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they brought in Diggle for like one episode. Uh, right. Supergirl hasn't even made an appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Tyler Hoshlin is doing a pretty good job as Superman. Oh, he's doing an amazing job. It's yeah. uh, yeah, the show is is awesome. It's definitely my my. I mean, all the other CW shows suck, but you know, it, it's for a Superman show. It's it's really good, and I highly okay. recommend anybody watch it. All um, right, thank you, Leo, for your suggestions. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, but yeah. basically, yeah, I agree. They should just can the CW, move everything back to HBO, because uh, I mean, like with CW right now, I don't have cable. So in order for me to watch it, I either have to watch it on their app and they it's pixelated as hell uh, or find, you know, ulterior methods to to watch the show. Uh, you know, when I'm paying for HBO, they should just have it on HBO. It goes on HBO eventually, but, you know, not anytime soon. Yeah, right. HBO Max has pretty much everything DC on it at this point. Yeah. All the animation, all the movies. Yep. Yeah, just move it over. Make uh, HBO, you know, the DC hub for everything. You know, just kill yeah, the so, CW. So is that our future? HBO Max versus Disney Plus? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to control the world. Them and Amazon. All three. There you go. The three powers. Um, and there is one comic news that I do kind of want to discuss because I, I find it, I hate to say it, a little cheap. Um, I recently learned that they're doing a thing where they're going to kill about, I think, most of the Justice League soon yes. in an upcoming DC storyline, leaving, I believe, what I heard is one survivor. And I'm kind of like, really? Because and as a comic fan, and Rich, you, you've read more than enough comics, you can back me up in this, death has not meant anything. It means nothing so, anymore. I was thinking it, that exactly as you're saying it, this, but I'm going to shut up like no, my point is that ever since Superman died in 1993 and then came back, death has just been meaningless in comics. The only people who stay dead are regular people. Not like if if you if you are a regular Joe and you die in the Marvel DC, you will stay dead. But if if you have superpowers, there is a 50% chance we will see you return your spirit your doppelganger, 
your twin brother. <laughs> yeah, Daredevil, your twin brother. Um, a clone. Thank you, Spider-Man. Um, scroll you version. There you go. Scrolls. Um, time travel. You know, a, a version of you from previous in time, which you can't tell that they're going to die. Mm-hmm. It, it's just oh. so much. Oh, Super, yeah. Su- Superman's dealing with that right now. You know, um, uh, his son, John, is uh, from the future. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you see, you're, you're already, you see, you're already proving my point, Leo. Yeah. But it it's just, to me, it's just like, it's just something that I, as much as, and I, and I, and I try not to criticize because the writers Justice League are Brian Michael Bendis, who I've always been a fan, um, you know, and then other writers and whatnot. But I'm like, if you're going to do death, it has to be, it has to stick. You know what I mean? If, if people are going to be dead, they need to stay dead, you know, and characters need to work their way around that. But, you know, every major character in the Justice League has been dead and has managed to come back. Every, pretty much everyone. Let's just be real here. And it's true. And it's just, like, I just see that and all I see is, hey, look, we're just going to have a bunch of commemorative covers and you know, people are going to buy this thinking it's some sort of collector's item and then we're going to reboot to issue one and I'm like, that's the other thing, like, how many issue ones are there now? Like, I feel like everything is always like, even I think Spider-Man is uh, hitting some sort of milestone recently. And oh, then, uh, they're they're going back to number one with Amazing. Exactly. You know, so it's just like could, now... Could you imagine having to try to put out a comic buyer's guide? Yeah. <laughs> So well, many versions. So many versions. Okay, it, it, ex, explain this to me. When I, I was looking at listings of comics with mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man, there was like a, a point where we were, they were doing like 805.1, 805.2, or whatever it was. The, the numbering yeah. seemed all screwed up. And like, I know they rebooted Amazing back to number one. Uh, what like five years ago i mean they've Something been like doing that. they've done it a lot man they, they that's the thing they always restart it and then near the end or everything then they're just going to go back to the original number so you know it'll be oh issue 850 issue 900 you know like it, it, again it's just a bunch of sales ploys and it, yeah. it, eventually at some point it's just how we feel about death you just become numb to it you're just like i'm good so yeah. with with Justice League killing off uh, the main one, obviously Superman, because he's he's front and center on the cover. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's issue seventy five. Isn't that the issue where they killed off Superman before? It was issue, it is. issue seventy five. Yes, there is some symmetry there. Yes, issue yeah. seventy five was the issue by Dan Jurgens, where Superman dies fighting Doomsday. Yes, you're right, Leo. Nicely done. Look at yeah, you I, studying your comic book history. I, I try, I try. I, I it, know. And it, it's, it, yeah. But it's also so sad because it's funny because that's actually the issue that helped lead to the downfall of the comic book industry in the 90s. That's what popped the, that issue is what popped the, the seller's market. Up. Well, it, it was it was already. Oh, no, it was, it, was, it was already crashing, but that's the. 
the that nail. was like the straw, the straw on the back yeah yeah because people would do what some people do with comics to get signed now they would buy 10 issues and then they you know eventually try to sell them back thinking that they'd make some sort of profit and then it's like oh, oh how much do i get for this what you pay for it 3.99 you know? Oh, not even that, you know. It's, uh... Well, yeah, and, and it's so funny because you would think like, okay, if it was signed and whatnot, uh, you know, that it really doesn't add too much of a price. It really depends on who signed it, you know. Um, but, I, I mean, Leo, I just want to say this before we get to that. I have never agreed on grading comics. I personally think it's, it, it's a little ridiculous because then you're looking at a book like a collector's item. Now, don't get me wrong. Key significant issues, in my opinion, um, are collector's items. You know, first appearances, um, you know, significant storylines and whatnot, and especially if they're signed. Like, for instance, yeah. I own New Mutants 98, which is, as we know, is the issue that Deadpool debuts. And I have that signed by, by both Rob Liefeld and... Fabian, and I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong, so I apologize, everybody, Niesha, okay, who are the creators. I have only read it once, and then it has remained in, in the plastic since then. You know, that is a collector's item. That is a first appearance, you know. Um, but if, if someone wanted to read anything that I have and it's not super valuable, I'm like, sure, because they're comic books, Yeah, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people say, like, well, can't you give them a link online? I was like, yeah, but the thing being is it's about the feel, like holding oh, yeah. a book. Well, holding it, the smell of the paper, it's just mm -hmm. there's something magical behind it. I, I, but, I will say this, though. I do have one rule. My rule is always very simple. Wash your hands before you read any of my books. But that's just because, as we know, fingerprints. Receive fingerprints. Yep. Yeah, you know, oils and whatnot. And you got to hold it a certain way. You can't crease the, the bind, you know? It, yeah. It's, uh... Like, I, I, it's so funny because I remember one time I loaned a friend a book, and I never loaned him something after this, because he returned some books to me, and one of the, the, the covers was ripped. Nice. And and he, and he it was one of those where I, I started to explain to him, I was, like, I was like, if this was somebody who didn't get it, I'd still be mad, but it's fine. You're a fan. How do you not respect someone else's books? You know? And then he just kind of like brushed it off. And I was like, you know what? Fine. And I got myself a replacement. I never loaned him something again. Point is, when you when someone loans you something, take care of it. It's someone yeah. else's stuff. Oh, hell yeah. So. Uh, I, I agree with you on, on grading. There's a couple books I have that, you know, I, I want to get graded, but, you know, I... I I hear some horror stories sometimes and, uh, and then the, the yeah. charge, you know, it, it's um, like, I found I, I have, uh, I, I don't know how I picked it up. I, I picked it up at, at Sarge's comics, the local shop here. I got it in the nineties, uh, but it's it? the uh, first appearance of uh, um, doom patrol. Nice. Yeah. It was in suicide. And that's the original Doom Patrol, right? Yeah, it was. It was in uh, an issue of Suicide Squad. Wow. Yeah, that's a good find. Yeah, I paid thirty bucks back in. Uh, had to be, I think, while I was still in school, so like ninety one, ninety two. 
actually, Rich, you would appreciate this story, and then we're, we're, we'll get to Boba Fett because otherwise, then this just becomes a nostalgia fest, which our fans are used to. But still, um, Rich, I, I hmm. a friend of mine tipped me off to this guy who's a he used to own a comic shop, and he he lost the store, so he kept all his books in storage. And my friend let me know that he was interested. He was basically whatever you could carry, you could take. So naturally, mm -hmm. these are the kind of things where you're your your uh diamond in the ruts so i spent like three hours breathing in as you know old comics have a very pungent smell um if you've ever worked in a comic shop you know this after a while sitting in long boxes they smell um i found two things with both which i think you'd appreciate i found a copy of spawn batman signed by frank miller Wow. Yeah, I know. That was I was really impressed with that. The second one is something Rich you would appreciate. I found multiple copies of Batman Adventures issue 12, which Leo, if you don't know, that's the first appearance of Harley Quinn in comics. Yeah, his face is, lit up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah multiple um, copies. Nice. I multiple I found like 7 nice. and in really wow. good condition. So, and again, I asked him. I was like this this counts right because <laughs> you know what I mean like I'm not a, I'm not a douchebag I'm not gonna you know mm -hmm. uh, and I asked him he's like yeah he's like whatever you want to take you take and I was just like okay cool it's gonna um, although Rich you would appreciate this I only have I think two copies left and I made a habit of giving it to Harley cosplayers I knew mm -hmm. as like a birthday or one I gave as a wedding present and my friend told me. He said when she saw it, she's bald. I was like, well, yeah, she's a Harley. This is like the ultimate gift, right? Yeah. Um, and, some, and someone was like, why would you give this away? This is like, you know what I mean? A significant issue. I was like, because it doesn't mean as much to me as it would mean to you. It'd be like, Rich, if I found like, like if I found like the first appearance of the Joker and I gave that to you, you would be blown away because it's, oh, yeah. you know, I haven't seen one yet, but if I find it, it's yours. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, like I said, it, I feel like if it means something to somebody that's different, like, I mean, if I found, like, God, the, the first issue of Star Wars 1970 or 1980, whenever that was, I would be like, okay, here you go, Leo. You know, and you'd, you'd just be like, <gasps> dear God. It's like, you know, Drew, I, I, would, I would probably frame that. I wouldn't send it out to be graded. I would probably put it in plastic, seal mm -hmm. it up, and just frame it and put it on the wall. Just look Thank at you. it. Thank you. Right. And and it's and it's funny because I mean, again, you both know this. I have a, a huge collection and most of it's signed. And I, I've always kind of wondered, like, what would you ever get framed? You know what I mean? Like, like what what would you frame if you had a, a comic book in your collection and you were like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna frame one book. What would it be in your mind? For me, actually, it'll be about the book we're talking about tonight. Oh, it would? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Really? Do you own that one, Leo? Or I, I own two copies. Yeah, uh, he does. Look at yeah. Star Wars 81. Star Wars 81. I have the copy that somebody gave me when I was in grade school. It's all torn to pieces because I read it so many times. And then I have a mint, uh, uh, mint copy that I was going to have uh, Palmer sign. Okay. But 
I he left early when he was at uh, Trificon. Oh, that sucks. But, uh, He's a nice guy. I've met him. Yeah. yeah. I hope you get that chance again because I, I know you would be like, okay, cool. Like, I, I could just see it now. You would be how I felt with some of my books. I was like, okay, thank you. Just, yeah, just right, slide it, slide right. It's it's actually a funny. Uh, we'll we'll talk about when uh, when we get to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, right. uh, that one. What about you, Rich? I, I don't know. Uh, well, definitely jo- that Joker number one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulk one eighty one. Nice. Um, I had a giant poster of that when I had the uh, geek theme bagel shop. Mm-hmm. And um, which one man, is that I, again? That, that's the Wolverine. Uh, Wendigo oh, Wolverine. Right, right, right. right. The first um, and the Hulk. Hulk one eighty one. Yeah. Yeah, um, technically, he was actually in 180 in the last scene or the last frame or two. It's, yeah, it's always an arm or, or a right, right, yeah. right. But 181 is the one that it, it, it's known for and has the value. And, and I always love that book. And similar to Leo, I actually had it in summer camp back in the day when I was just a little, little joker. It mm-hmm. tore it to pieces. It got torn to pieces. Of course, never mm-hmm. knowing what the value of that would eventually become. Of course. And I know what mine would be because out of all of them, and I and I said, when I was a kid, similar to you guys, my mom would occasionally buy me comics, and one of them that she bought me, and I still remember this, was the first appearance of Venom. And this and this was you know and this was like again when Venom attacked Spider Man, so it wasn't you know Secret Wars issue eight. You know, it wasn't him in the suit. It was when Eddie Brock was first Venom, you know, attacking everything. And that was uh, 300, right? So, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And, and I remember reading it and I was just blown away because, you know, this, this villain, this amazing villain is all Spider-Man's powers. And it's funny because I, I know I read it, but there was this one scene that I remember the most. And I don't know why it stuck with me all these years. It was when Venom unmasks Peter. And he he drops his mask into the crowd, and then like a random guy picks it up, and he's like, "Oh, look at me, everybody! I'm Spider Man!" Hey, and he's just goofing off, and then Peter just you know flips a web line, grabs the mask, and is like, "Yep, sorry, need this." Um, and I was just like, "Wow, just it, you know." But I I read it to pieces, and we had to throw it out, and that's always bothered me because again. I didn't know, you know, but um, I still have one or two of the books that I, I, I have this one book and I got to tell Chris about this because it's actually a Spider-Man comic that I still have that it's, it's tattered. It's tattered so badly, but I still own it. And um, I still read it every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is, this is nice. This is, I can't help it. I was really rough on my books. <laughs> As a, as a kid, you don't care, yeah. you know. Um, now, Drew, with that um, Venom, I know it's probably not the same story, but it definitely tied in with it. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just a memory. I'm, I'm trying to pinpoint the book. Um, so, when Spider-Man realizes that he has a huge issue with the um, symbiote, and he goes right. to the Fantastic Four, and mm-hmm. they get it off, and it's in the cage and everything. Is there right. a thing where, like, he is he like has to go back to his apartment with a bag over his head? 
Yes, there actually is. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I actually have a funny story about that later. Um, yes, he needed a suit. So he borrowed a spare Fantastic Four costume with no boots. Mm -hmm. And he could have a mask. So Johnny Storm put a bag over his head and he was the amazing bag man. Mm -hmm. In true Johnny fashion. I believe he even had a kick me sign on the back because, you know, Johnny Storm being the prankster he is. Uh, right. So, yes, and that has been a joke costume throughout the years. And I even think I've seen it at a convention in photos, one or two. And side note, that has always been a version of Spider-Man I've secretly wanted to do for, for years, simply because, you know, just so you could make people laugh. And then on top of it, because the Spider-Verse, I'm like, it's my time to shine, kids. <laughs> I think there's a Funko of that as well. There is. They yeah. they, they, they embrace the absurdity. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now everybody, that thank you for comic book nostalgia with Splash Pages. Now, Boba Fett. Well, speaking of nostalgia, you know, it, this book came out in 1983. Uh-oh, yeah. is it time for the time machine? It's time for the time machine. I need to do like the waves. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, we do the Wayne's world for you. You know, we do. Come on. Well, well, thank you. It's appreciated. Here we go. To get us in the mood for tonight's awesome episode, we're going to set our time travel circuits back all the way back to 1983 Captain, time travel circuit set for 1983. It was a crazy time of fashion and innocence. And here we go in 1983. I'm going to get my special hat, time traveling hat on. And here we go. Way, way back in 1983, gas cost only $1.16 a gallon. Milk was $1.35 a gallon. And you could buy a two-bedroom, one-bathroom townhouse for only $47,000. In this year, Mario Bros. debuts in arcades in Japan. And we're not talking about Super Mario Brothers. We're talking about the OG Mario Brothers two-player one level where he had the black screen, the green pipes, the turtles. It, it was it was rage back then. Uh, so uh, the game was designed by Shigeru Miyamoto, who did Legend of Zelda and Donkey Kong and Gumpy Yokio who also created Metroid and Game Boy. In 1983, Fraggle Rock debuted. It was one of the very first original programs by a little channel called HBO. The final episode of MASH aired with a record-breaking 125 million that tuned in to see the 4077th breakdown. It broke down camp and said goodbye to Hawkeye, Radar, and Potter. MASH held on to that record of most-watched TV show until the 2010 Super Bowl. In other entertainment news for 1983, some of the top movies were Star Wars Episode VI, Return of the Jedi, Tootsie, Trading Places, and Superman III, along with War Games. Top shows for 1983, as we mentioned, were MASH, but also uh, in 1983, you know, they decided to do after MASH, and that's when people realized, you know what, I think we're done with MASH. TV's bloopers and practical jokes debuted. It was a precursor to all the YouTubers you hate nowadays. 
also Knight Rider, and uh, one of my favorites, Hardcastle and McCormick. Uh, that was a classic. So, uh, if you're a kid during that time, which I was, we woke up early on Saturday mornings to catch some awesome cartoons. Uh, during that year, we were able to watch Flintstone Funnies, Plastic Man, Pac-Man, and Rubik the Amazing Cube Hour, which, yes, those were actual cartoons. Uh, who would make a cartoon about a, a Rubik's Cube? It's crazy. It's like, you know, who would make a... Uh, you know what, forget it. <laughs> uh, and uh, also Thundar the Barbarian that year. Finally, comics in 1983. It was the Bronze Age of comics. You know, we're getting towards the tail end of the Bronze Age there. Uh, some of the top selling comics that year were Uncanny X-Men 236 and Amazing Spider-Man 241. But looking at what comics are selling for nowadays, here's some issues you should have picked up if you can time travel back to 1983. Amazing Amazing Spider-Man 238 was the first appearance of Hobgoblin and sold for a whopping $2,700 for a mint copy. Thor 337, the first appearance of Beta Ray Bill. I had a copy, but somebody stole it. I'm still pissed off about that. Uh, a mint copy has gone for almost $3,000. And Spider-Man 239 with the first Spidey vs. Hobgoblin has gone for a measly $1,250. So there you have it there. It's 1983 in a nutshell. I hope you enjoyed this little, uh, you know, history. And uh, here we go. We're going to go back to Splash Pages. How was wow. that? Is that okay? Wow. That was both amazing and emotionally hurtful all at the same time. What he said. <laughs> what, what was hurtful about it? Um, that you could buy a two-bedroom townhouse for forty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, that I had all those comics, and then during my divorce, I had to sell all those comics on the cheap, and that really hurts. Oh. But it is a new day. It is. It is. And it is definitely not nineteen eighty-three anymore. No, no, no. But we're going to talk about. Uh, so, our main book tonight is going to be Star Wars uh, from Marvel. Because Star Wars changed hands a couple times, but this is the original run from 1983. It is issue 81. The issue is Jawas of Doom. Uh, writer was Mary Jo Duffy. Penciler was Ron Friends. Inker was Tom Palmer and Tom Mandrake. Uh, letterer was Joe Rosen. Colorist was uh, Glynis Wine. And uh, cover artist was Tom Palmer as well. A lot of those people are pretty notable in comics. I mean, Ron Friends would later be part of the character, uh, part of the duo that would do uh, Spider Girl, the alternate story of Mayday Parker from the MC2 universe. Um, yeah, so that, that's notable. Um, you know, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Palmer is, you know, still in work today, he does inks a lot. I think one of the most notable things is that he also inked um, a lot of Mark Millar and John Romita Jr.'s Kick-Ass. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, he did that. He's done, he, he, he pops up on a lot of stuff. So, you know, for an older gentleman, you know, still, still gets good work and whatnot. Um, I think it's also just amusing that Star Wars has changed his hands so much because it was Marvel and then it was Dark Horse for a while, which I remember. And then it, it's back to Marvel and 
oh my god i mean they've they've really taken it and run there are so many marvel star wars comics now like, <laughs> yeah and, and it gets confusing because like how many versions of darth vader are there now like like not the character but like the series you know it, it, they've had like three or four different series that were just like darth vader I think what's also interesting is that the comics have been used to really fill in a lot of gaps in continuity, which is has a lot of times been good. But I also think, again, it's confusing because, again, how many like, you know, uh, like, oh, at this time that Luke fought Darth Vader, it wasn't the first time they met. There was another time. Um, and I think it's also nice because it's introduced certain characters like uh, Dr. Abra, Afra, who has become a huge character very popular in the star wars community um but you have that and then you have things like war of the bounty hunters which is one of their biggest crossover titles and it was like 24 parts and i'm like it's like the same way i felt about one of those x-men crossovers like no one is reading like i'm not reading 24 comics i'm sorry yeah well you mentioned dr afra because uh during that series is actually when they introduced uh black kirsten Mm-hmm. Exactly. which is in uh, Boba Fett right now. Exactly. So, you know, again, sometimes it's just a matter of time before certain characters make that transition, which is always great because to me that means the writers really are fans who, you know, want to pay tribute to where Star Wars has been, which is great. But at the same time, I like seeing new characters because it's just, you know, you have new identities for people to connect with and be aspired to. Instead of, hi, we're just doing what comics a lot of times do. We're just going to rehash what you already know, but new face. <laughs> so um, if I, I'd like to propose something. Um, yeah. It's, uh, if all possible, each one of us can, care and can cover uh, one of, I guess, the escape of Boba Fett. So Leo, uh, since you have a very personal connection to this, I think you've got to cover this one. Rich, you can cover the, I guess, entrance, the reemergence in Dark Empire 4. And since it's fresh in my mind, I'll take the, the Book of Boba Fett. Okay. Right. We also have Tag and Bank as well, which uh, we, we can cover separately because that was, you know, uh, so, it's, it's just a comedic storyline. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Well, we can yeah. cover that. that that's yeah, something all three totally. of us can cover. So, so Leo, take it away. Yeah, so uh, we won't go page for page, uh, but you know, just a personal story for this issue here. I believe I was e- either in third or fourth grade, uh, and for some, re- somebody was leaving Star Wars comics on my desk. I'd go into school, mm-hmm. and there'd be a Star Wars comic on my desk. I I still to this day have no idea who was doing this for me. You had you know, a secret admirer who would leave Star Wars comics on your desk. Yeah. God, yeah. you lucky son of a bitch. Yeah. And, and this was uh, one of the issues, and I just, uh, you know, I, I got to see Return of the Jedi at the theater, and, mm-hmm. you know, this happens right after Return of the Jedi, and, and it was, I was mesmerized. I was like, wait a second. There's a movie, and now there's, I can read a story about it? You know, mm-hmm. what happens? This is amazing. And... and whoop. <laughs> whoop. Jaggy? Uh, you, you know, I'd have to say, you know, other than like somebody gave me some uh, Batman Brave and the Bold, this was really my first introduction to comics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah, this is I, I I'd have to say this is where I fell in love with the comic series. This this issue, nice. uh, but obviously it takes place literally right after Return of the Jedi. They're still on Endor, and uh, you know just uh, Han uh, needs some cash, and uh, he decides to go back to Tatooine, and we get uh, you know uh, a, a vision of you know uh, Boba Fett escaping the sarlacc and uh going by the story here as a little kid i thought he was like in the sarlacc you know showing the uh uh him covered with the sand and everything but essentially he got spit out by the sarlacc yeah he was just you know laying in the sand for a while and just got covered with sand and the jaw was just uh coming uh dig him out the uh how did you guys read that? Is that what you uh, pictured as yeah, well? I, I pretty much that's what I saw. I, you know, it, I think for me, it was like, I felt like the, Scar- the Scarlet Pit was a bit more formidable here, you know, because in, in, in at that time, you know, it was just a giant pit with some tentacles on it. You know, later versions would kind of re-edit it. And it's still kind of arguable whether those edits actually helped or worked. Um, this to me was like the fact that it can literally pull birds from the sky. Yeah. To me was, I was like, wow, that is, that's kind of fucking cool, man. Um, and it's just, I also love the idea that it spit out Boba Fett. Like, I was like, no, I don't want to digest you for 30,000 years. Like, go away. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And he, you know, we don't know how long he was in there or how long he was just, you know, laying in the sand. Uh, but the Sarlacc even, you know, devours at the end uh, the uh, the sand crawler. Uh, and uh, yeah, we got to pace ourselves, man. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, I was just I, I figured, you know, not, you know, go page for page over it. But well, um, yeah, but I think it's also nice because, like you said, you know, they've been following similar stories in Book of Boba Fett, uh, you know, especially with the fact that we know that through Boba's flashbacks that, you know, his armor does get stripped by Jawas, which as we know would later be acquired by that sheriff in that town uh, played by Timothy Oliphant. I don't remember his name. I've always called him Boba Sheriff. Um, you know, and then later on, Boba would end up reclaiming his armor. But I, I, you know, in this case, you know, he has no idea who he is. So he has also no idea who Han Solo is. And he should really not like Han because it's kind of his fault that he ended up getting getting chewed up and spit out. Well, maybe not if you read read uh, Tag and Bank, which uh, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that a little after. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's it's goofy, but it, it's yeah. Um you know, Han even tries to save him at the end and uh, he's uh, he comes out of his, his days and uh, realizes that, you know, he doesn't like Han and, uh, you know, just uh, the uh, uh, sand crawler ends up back in the well, not back in, but it gets devoured by the Sarlacc, which is just insane. Instead of yeah, a peek at a bip and Han get tried to try to save him. He yeah. did. He gave him a shot. Effort. But no, old rivalries are just too important. Back to the Sarlacc. Back to the Sarlacc. Sarlacc. Back to Sarlacc. Sarlacc. Uh, 
Rich, what did you think of uh, this issue? I liked it. Um, it, it. It was really cool. Um, like even on the cover, um, they did a really good adaptation of Harrison Ford. Um, less of uh, so of Princess Leia Organa over there, but you know, somewhat close. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great. It was great. Uh, just touching base and seeing what happened, like you said, after Jedi. Um, I thought they played Han a little goofy in the comic, um, but but I guess when you really think about it, he's a little goofy in the original Star Wars anyway. Yeah. Um, so I guess that kind of tied in. Um, but I don't I don't know who this guy was, and I don't know what they were doing with his face. But yeah, it was I was like, is this a comedic comic at first? And I don't know. I was confused for a minute. Yeah, that was uh, was a bit goofy. Um, yeah, a little rough. Yeah. Uh, Drew, you have uh, any th- thoughts on this before we move on? No, I felt like this was a logical fill in the gap after, you know, the death of the, the, the destruction of the, the Death Star 2. Uh, you know, Han is trying to find purpose again. You know, he, he's, he's a smuggler. He's a pirate. You know, now he, he's kind of left to pick up the pieces of what's left. And, and one of those is that fact that a lot of people still don't like him and he's, you know, still owes a lot of money to people. And just cause Jabba is dead. Um, doesn't mean that someone still might not collect the debt or hold a grudge. So, uh, you know, and again, it, it kind of logically explained what happened to Boba Fett, but also in some ways it kind of brought him back and then put him back in the pit for like when someone else could somehow find a way for him to escape. So it was almost like we're continuing the story, but we're keeping the legend. If that makes sense. It does. Um, I just want to bring up, I'm going to bring up our thumbnail, but uh, you know, just looking at the uh, two images side by side, you know, with uh, you could see where they definitely took inspiration for that, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, even him having his, his own flashbacks about what happened, you know, and, and looking at, you know, the flashbacks of, of the show. Um, but yeah, very, very, uh, you know, similar. Very on brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let me bring up the Dark Empire. And I know it was only essentially just like one frame in the beginning. Uh, but Rich, I'm going to let you take this on. Take on me. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm very singing today. <laughs> um, so. All right, so we got Star Wars Dark Empire. And uh, yeah, I think I read the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, well, is this is this Luke going bad? Did I read the right one? Yeah, uh, this is, Luke this going is bad. bad. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I did read the right one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was confused. Yeah. So uh, we open up to uh, we got Boba here, and uh, of course he's chasing down Han, and uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I read this one kind of fast. And uh, this is probably the one that I absorbed the least. And when you guys were like, oh, that's the one he's going to do. I'm like, oh, I think that's the one I read the least. <laughs> well, it, well, to be to be honest, I, I did say it was only like the first page that we needed to pay attention because essentially. So, so 
in preparation for for uh, tonight's episode, I was going over all the areas where um, Boba Fett survived a Sarlacc, and there's I think I counted five. Uh, you know, this being, you know, one of them that is talked about, but essentially it's just, you know, uh, Boba Fett, basically he just says the Sarlacc found me somewhat indigestible solo, uh, which is, you know, it, it's still within canon of issue 81, you know, because, yeah. uh, essentially that that's, that's what happened. Um, right. So the point being, he could have just escaped again. It could have just kind of retcon his initial escape. I just think for me with this one, you know, this was kind of like Boba and his buddies. You know what I mean? Like you always think of Boba Fett as a lone wolf. You know, he doesn't really play well with others. You know what? And he has this this impression of being this mythical badass. You know what I mean? Like you think Boba Fett and you're like, oh, man, like Boba Fett. You know, and you see this one, he's kind of like a bumbling idiot. You know, and, and and I don't know if it's more because of the company he keeps, who I'm pretty sure I have one or two of their action figures, because there was a time I did collect Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because the whole thing, like, you know, at, like at the end when they're chasing Han and then they get caught up in like the force field and Slave 1, which, actually Slave 2, which is still Slave a two. boss, which is still like one of the coolest spaceships ever. Oh, hell um, yeah. You know, I, I was down. curious about that. Like, what happened to Slave One that now there's a Slave Two? I, I you know, honestly, that. I don't remember. I, I honestly don't. I mean, like I said, yeah. I kind of because I, I didn't read more of the Dark Empire. I kind of skimmed a little bit of this because, again, I'm primarily focusing on Boba. Like, I tried reading some of it. It was like, okay, Luke bad. He and under influence of Empire, friends concerned. I'm like, yeah, this right, is right fine um but then at the end with boba and his buddies and then slave two getting damaged and then you have like them kind of flying off panel and you had it just was very cartoony to me like curses boba fett we we should have like you know it's kind of i wouldn't say it's like team rocket blasting off again but it was very you know like oh darn it boba we shouldn't have done that force field shut up it's my ship no one invited you. It's just, it was very goofy to me. Yeah, and, so. and you would think that the, the Emperor coming back and being alive would feel more impactful, but boy, it just felt like another, like, eh. Yeah, it, it, it's again, it's just like death in comics. I was like, eh, evil, evil always pulls back. It, uh, evil will always remake that cameo. I mean, hell, even years later, you know, you know, <laughs> young palpatine and i'm just like oh crap here we go like you're dead you got thrown down a, tr a trash shoot my dude like you know it's like now i survived i'm like oh my god it's like are we near the end of the movie it's like are we near the end of the movie you know and it's just i can just feel it in me it's like good good let the hate flow through you strike him down yes you know Let's strike him down. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, lightning bolt hands. Um, you guys uh, do that way too well. Uh, 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 years of, 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 of cackling as you pop up a hoodie, my dude. Just, you know, good, good. I very, especially, I, I've frequently said that in my head. 
whenever a friend of mine starts going on a, a critical nerd rant, I'm like, good. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> you know. Um, this, this like is fine. And then this was just comedy stuff. You know, like, I've never heard of these guys. Uh, apparently, like, you know, this is a big deal. Like, this is just adding more ridiculousness to stuff. Like, I mean, honestly, if this has been a show I would probably watch the first episode and then just, meh. But the fact that these guys knock out Boba Fett, steal his armor, and basically just fuck with it the whole time was just ridiculous. And they can't even say his name right. You know, um, it was, you know, honestly, in all seriousness, it was, it was funny. It was light. It's, you know, it's nice to see somebody kind of calling out the ridiculous holes that are in Star Wars because there are so many. But it's just, again, it, it this to me was a little humanizing of Boba Fett because, again, he's built up to be this badass. And then you just have him like, he's taken down by two idiots. How much of a badass can you be? Uh, and with the storyline, basically, he survived the the Sarlacc for because it wasn't Boba Fett. It was uh, uh, either Tagger or Bink. It was one of them, and uh, right. just wearing a suit. And uh, they get saved by uh, Boba Fett's ex girlfriend. You know, it's also funny is that that's not the first time in Star Wars that you had something where somebody else would assume the title. A Boba Fett. I seem to recall there was another storyline where you had somebody else who literally was rocking the gear, rocking the look, rocking the reputation, and he he does it well, but he 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 gets a little too bold and he gets nixed by Boba himself. It's you know he's like, ain't nobody can do me, only me. I'm the only Boba, and I'm like, well, if you're gonna do get some Boba, you know, make sure you get you know get a straw. Boba, you know, bubble tea is is good, you know. But uh, this was, you know, honestly, Leo, this was funny. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to recommend this to somebody. But it was amusing, you know. Um, to me, I was just like, this is one of the most accurate things of when two nobodies uh, who are fans get just caught up in Star Wars drama. That's oh, how yeah. I would say that. Well, like the scene here where they're going around, it's like, uh, where's the other elevator? What other elevator? <laughs> Uh, well, don't look at me. I was following your lead and they don't want to go back around because they'll look stupid. You know, that's something all of us would do. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's extra, I, goofy. It's extra goofy and fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, they covered, uh, Phantom Menace. Uh, yes, they did. But I, yeah, I didn't did. know this existed, Leo. And this was, this was interesting to find out something like this exists. Yeah. Yes, same here. I, I I only learned about it during my research, trying to figure out you know uh, you know all the in, in incarnations where where Boba Fett survived. Uh, exactly. The the final part is uh, you know um, Tag and Bank uh, again uh, surviving because the pole gets stuck in its uh, its uh, maw. I didn't notice there's something in the sand there. What is that? Is that like that's I don't know what that is. Buried there. What do you guys think that is? No helmet of some sort. Yeah. So 
And uh, I, well, I guess we'll just get to, and then the thing that's freshest in my mind, which I think is the best way to explain him getting out is similar to uh, Star Wars 81, which is the Book of Boba Fett issue, uh, episode one, where we, we find him somehow still alive, being slowly digested, covered in goop. Um, he's still alive and he gets out because some unfortunate stormtrooper who we don't know is also gestating inside this thing, which looks like a giant slimy esophagus. He gets a little oxygen and, you know, flamethrowers his way out, literally pushing himself out to suddenly die, get stripped like an, like a, like a, a fancy car and left to bake in the sun. That to me was just, I was like, you know what? This is the most logical because the guy literally pulled himself out of the worst way to go. So now, uh, Leo, since I knew we were doing this, I, I wanted to do a little research because um, I remember when Book of Boba and his cameo uh, or several cameos in Mandalorian, the actor, I believe is pronounced Timurian Morrison mm-hmm. or Tamarin Morrison. And and I remember they said, oh, this is the original guy. And I'm like, it it didn't pop in my head. Because I remember the original guy was Jeremy Bullock, who who played in the original movie. Um, But what I found out in looking up, and it was very confusing, because on IMDb, it also says Temir Morrison in the original. But what I've come to find out is they did a reboot. And when they did the reboot, Cameron Morrison's voice was put in for over Jeremy Bullock's. Which is ridiculous because you're just establishing this new continuity when it was Jeremy's work in the beginning that should be honored, especially since he passed away, if I'm correct. Uh, mm-hmm. Leo, he passed away in like yeah, 2020, right? Years, yeah. yeah, just uh, recently, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, to me, I was just like, wow, way to just kind of insult someone's work. I mean, he was still... When he was still going to conventions, and I remember there were one or two that I, I saw he was still at, you know, people were still getting his autograph. You know, you know Boba Fett has accumulated a really big fan base, mm-hmm. um, which is, it's funny because a lot of the criticisms that I'm seeing about the show, like I'm still of the mind, you know, watch it, make up your own damn mind, um, is that the, the, the show is kind of stripping down the myth, which... I just feel like it's only logical. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Boba Fett was kind of built up to this, to this badass. And then from all the scenes I see, he's getting his ass whooped. You know? And I'm just like, yeah, because he's still a guy. You know what I mean? He's not a god. You know? Well, he he, he was also very damaged. I mean, that's why he spent all the time in the, uh, the Bakta tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You know, he's, you know, again, he's a clone. We don't know anything about how Star Wars clones are. You know, there can't be like Marvel clones where you can just somehow pop out of a tank and suddenly be okay <laughs> until you're not because the story <laughs> has to have something. Um, I, if there's one criticism I, I do agree with is they really should... He needs to keep his helmet on more. Like one of the things about Mando was that when we saw his face, it was amazingly significant, not just because of what we understood of the Mandalorians, but because he didn't. So to see that 
was, you know, um, and now to well, see Boba, you know, who technically isn't really a Mandalorian according to their rules, which, um, again, I, I'm, you know, well, so, comic book, yeah, thing rules. So I'm sorry, you know what, Leo, you you interject because I'm talking as a sort of fan. You're the bigger fan here. Well, 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 from my understanding, and I'm, you know, I'm not a, a super fan myself, but from my understanding, you have true Mandalorians from Mandalore, and then you have right. the Mandalorians uh, through the religion. Right. So, uh, with the, as we learned, uh, most of uh, Mandalore was destroyed, mm. and all that's left is, you know, uh, Mandalorians through uh, through the religion. And you right. have two different sects. You have, you know, the the ultra zealots uh, that you know you can't remove your mask, and you have the the other group. Um, uh, what's her name? Led by Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan, yeah. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Who is yeah. now getting a show? Yeah. Which I, I which I, I still don't know how I feel, like because I because I, I'm starting to I'm starting to get that feeling. I was like, guys. A couple of shows, fine, but not every character needs a show. I mean, am I excited about the Obi Wan series? Yes, because Hugh McGregor could st- still looks like he just did Episode Three yesterday. So props to him. Um, it's also funny that the way he looks, he's kind of rocking a Jesus look. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, but at the same time. It's just there's a, it, it's the same way I feel about a lot like comics that they can't help themselves. They have to feel the need to flood the market. And then they wonder why some of their babies don't do good. I was like, you can't just pump pump them full of full of sugar and then expect them to perform every night. Like no. So I don't know, that's just my two cents. Yeah, well that's the Disney formula. Yep. <laughs> Run it until it burns out. <laughs> yeah, but they, they don't they see they don't think that Star Wars is ever gonna run out. That's the issue. Well they think that Leo will be there no matter how bad it is. That's true. Hey, Leo just might be there for all of them. I, I have to tell you, uh, you know I started last episode of Mandalorian or not Mandalorian, Book of Mandalorian. <laughs> uh book I, of, I, book of Boba. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much the Mandalorian episode. Yeah. You know, when when he and spoiler, when they're making the uh this the whatever they made for his uh little friend, you know, that whole scene, I I, I teared up a little bit. You know, it's, oh, it's there you go. It, yeah. it just brings so much, you know, the that final episode where they brought in Luke Skywalker and uh, you know, um, uh, Grogu goes with, with Luke and just knowing that, you know, Mando's going to go find them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. It's very emotional for yeah. me anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Leo, they got your heartstrings. They're like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. Leo, we have <laughs> Grogu, Grogu, you know, you want the Grogu. I mean, I, I love him too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. But Disney Disney knows how to uh, pull out the heartstrings, you know, for yeah. anybody, for any any genre, you know, it's yeah. they, they they have our nostalgia and they know we're going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. But every once in a while, they 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 do still swing and miss because I, I got to say I, I did not love Eternals. 
Yeah. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing how I feel about it when I finally get there. I think the like again, I have a list every month or so. I'm trying to, you know, bang out one Marvel thing I've been meaning to do because mm-hmm. I would initially think, oh, I can do it in a week, and I'm like, I have a lot going on. A week is a lot. Like maybe once one a month. Because right now, I wanted to finally do Black Widow, but I'm also with Angie. I'm watching uh, season two of The Witcher, which. Still, you know, I got to be honest with you. I love that show, and and Couldn't for one, for one specific reason, I love that show. And it's very, it's 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 biased, but it's very simple, because I feel that Gerald of Rivia is essentially the same character as Hellboy, in some way. He goes around, he beats up monsters, he can't stop cursing. He is just too old for this shit. He's always paired with somebody. Everyone around him dies. He had a fucked up childhood. You know, he knows something bad is coming, but he, he he's like, it's not my problem. But eventually he's going to have to deal with it. And his portrayal is beloved by almost everybody they see. Like, when you see Hellboy, you think Ron Perlman. When you see uh, uh, Gerald of Rivia, you're like, Henry Cavill, this is your role, my dude. Like, and some people are like, oh, what about Superman? And it's like, yes, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm starting to warm up to his Superman, not in a how everybody now is suddenly a fan of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. And I'm just like, you know, it's so funny that you all suddenly changed when, but a couple of months ago, you couldn't stand this. But but now, it's like, now it's cool. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I see you. Um, that's, that's so interesting, Drew, because the way you just described it, it sounds mm-hmm. like something I'd love. But I could not. I, I made it through one and a half episodes, and I was like, I can't watch this show. It's horrible. Yeah, but the you know, way you're describing it sounds like it's amazing. Well, it, it's for me. It's just, it's just a story. I mean, I've never played the games, so I'm blind. I'm walking in. Yeah, I'm walking in blind. I just, again, that's how I. That's the context I saw it in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And. Uh, yeah, that's basically it, you know, and, and uh, I'm taking it as it is. And then, you know, the next show we're working together is catching up to Karate, uh, Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, fourth nice. season, got to do that. And then, like I said, though, other Marvel things, and it's not just Marvel shows I'm trying to catch up, it's also other things, like there's the stuff on Hulu, you know, and I still really want to say that I still think we should watch Hitmonkey and then we review Hitmonkey, as in the compared to the comics, because you will not find a funnier book than when Hitmonkey was introduced to Deadpool. Like, Jesus. It is hilarious. Um, but, back to my point, I, I'm i going to give Boba Fett a shot. You know what I mean? The first episode, I liked. Um, I just really wish he'd keep his helmet on more. That's just my thing, you know? Yeah. Like, you know... Um, because when he has a helmet on, I'm like, that's Boba Fett. When he has a helmet off, I'm like, like the artist formerly known as Boba Fett. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of like how it's kind of like how you had in Pitch Black, you had uh, Vin Diesel's Riddick was constantly wearing his you know goggle glasses, and when he took them off, you got the eye thing going. You're like, wow, that's super cool. But I feel like in Chronicles of Riddick, which is still a great movie, but it's just like he's always like putting them on and then taking them off and putting them on and taking it off. And then when it was just Riddick again, you're like, okay, 
we're we're back because we're kind of doing a reboot of Pitch Black. It was like, and then suddenly he's got him on again, and I'm like, okay, like, can we just? It's it's on or off. There's no in between. I'm good. Well, I hope you end up enjoying the um, series because I totally disagree with the haters. I love this show. I love the way they're setting him up. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm tired of guys being such badasses like they can't get punched in the face once in a while. That's boring to me at this point. Um, no, I mean, no, but and, like and, I said, and I like what, what yeah. they're building that he's trying to be the, uh, you know, he's trying to take Jabba's place, but doing it, you know, he's, he's not like, trying to rule with fear. He's trying to rule with respect and he's got to find that line, whether that really works or not. Right. I, I, and I could be reading way too deep into this. I, I don't see it as him trying to build an empire. You okay there, Drew? <laughs> no, there's a mute button, right? Drew snotting it up. Okay, so yeah, I don't see it as him trying to build like this this uh, criminal empire. I see as him trying to essentially start his own family his own tribe you know he mm-hmm. he he lived with a tribe and we don't know for how long but it's from what it sounds like it, it was a very long time that he he lived with the sand people and he had that you know um uh that feeling of of unity with them mm-hmm. uh so again like i said i'm probably reading way too much into it but i i have a feeling that he's trying to build you know his own tribe Right. And, and Leo, interestingly enough, in your uh, 1983 flashback, uh, you had the movie Flashdance. Now that the main actress from Flashdance, which I can't think of what her name is right now, she is the lady that runs the casino in Book of Boba Fett. Really? Whoa, no way. Absolutely. That's awesome. Makeup is fantastic when they do it right. Oh, speaking of makeup, uh, and this is totally... Are you guys watching uh, Royal Gemstones? No. I heard no. it's good. It's a new comedy, right? I heard uh, it's good. Season, I think they're on season three or two. What? Um, really? Well, no, Leo, two. Two. Uh, this week's episode, the I don't know how... It has to be a mixture of uh, makeup and cgi but the entire episode is a young uh john goodman how good? like like he stepped out off the it's like he was on roseanne but minus the say, is it is yeah. it roseanne is it's roseanne, roseanne john goodman but super thin it, wow. it, it's yeah but not not like little snippets the whole episode. It is wow. crazy. And they use his voice? Oh, it's him. It's him. I don't know how they did it. Right. But they, it, they, it, they Tony Starked him? They Tony Starked him for the whole episode. It is no. fucked up. Hey, listen. It, it, listen. If they can make Alfred Molina look just like he did out of Spider-Man 2, and the same thing with, with anybody else there, you know, and it's, oh. no, Rich, 
Rich, that's not a spoiler, okay? You already saw him. They used, they admitted that, Rich, they admitted that they used de-aging technology to make Alfred look like he did back in the day when he did mm -hmm. Spider-Man. That's not a spoiler or anything. Okay. Yeah. I was I was getting nervous. I was getting nervous. No, no, no. But it, it's I'm just... I'm still waiting on that good copy, Leo. Well, it, there's a semi-good one. Yeah, Most I don't want to watch a semi-good one. I know, I know, I know. He wants that pure, uncut yeah. Spider-Man. Okay, this you don't see listen. I waited all this time for that shitty ass Eternals movie. I could wait for Spider-Man. It's just supposed to be. Really good. It's, it, it'll be available this month, from what right. I know. It, it was well worth waiting for a good copy of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. Wait, yeah, wait. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the right away passion that I used to have five, ten years ago. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm gonna see it when I'm gonna see it. And that's it. <laughs> listen, listen, okay. There, there's been. I used to love going to midnight premieres of movies. Like I still remember when I saw Spider Man Three. It was a midnight premiere. Should have just stayed at home and slept. Um, but I, I went midnight to see Ghostbusters. That was worth it. And it wasn't actually correction. It wasn't even a midnight. It was actually a seven twenty showing, which is even better because by the time it was midnight, I was already asleep. <laughs> As you get older, you're like, I can't. Well, you know, even, well, post-COVID, we'll get back there again. You know, it, oh, it's, yeah. uh, and you can still do it in your old age. I've done it recently, you know, it's, uh, you know, you go to a midnight showing and you just drink extra coffee in the morning. Leo, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this very nicely, okay? We're not talking about you going back to killing snakes, okay? It's just going to see a goddamn movie, all right? That's, it, that's what I'm talking about. It, it's, But I don't get sleep anyway, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the norm. He's still scared of the, of the great anaconda coming for him. But um, He's got his Darth Vader contraption every night to strap on. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Splash Pages. <laughs> I forgot to I forgot to clean that this morning. <laughs> There's still water in the pipe. Help me, please. Actually, you, you know what sucks is uh, if I run out of water in the dehumidifier. And like it starts to burn the plastic, and I'm like breathing in burnt plastic. That this, like, this sounds like such a it, I, I, it's a legitimate concern, but it sounds like such a, a first world problem. Oh, it is. Like, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I don't put the water in the dehumidifier, then I'm just breathing in plastic, honey, and that's just not great. <laughs> like you know, keep, no, a, keep it, a lid on that, okay? Skip to do. Bye. But it's, it's it's better than holding my breath in the middle of the night and then throwing my heart out of whack again. You know, it's just. Uh, Everything you know, and everything comes back to the heart, man. Before you know yeah. it, Rich, if we all go out to dinner, Leo, like you know what? I just I feel like if I pay part of the bill, it could just agitate my heart. So can you guys do it? <laughs> Thanks. Me and Joe be like, I don't want to. Here, here, here's the money. Here, here, we need the monkey behind the board. We need the monkey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, 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 if I just put the money, I'd be like, let me just slide the money forward like such. Let me just. Yeah. We, we, I, we have all that splash pages cash. We're, we're yeah. rolling. Just, yeah, just five, you know, $5. There we go. Uh, I'm not that type of person, though. I'm the type of person that, like, sneaks away and, like, pays the bill. And, you know, well, I have to use the bathroom. Oh, no, you're, you're, 
you're you're an old school publisher you know if we were the talent you're like no no lunch is on me that's fine whatever you want if you, you want the lobster order the lobster you want you want that 500 dollars <laughs> bottle of champagne that clearly has a fish in it once go for it like it we bubbler your your house my house like you know it, yeah I, i i i used to do a lot of that whenever I, I'd, i'd eat out with friends i was like no i got it and then later on i was like shit i gotta stop doing yes. this yeah i hear you i would just tip the waiters of course you would <laughs> you've yeah. been them I, i know i've been them too so i do the same thing um so i guess how do we rate these this is really like we have th- four three four different sources how do we i well we can look at just issue 81 or we can look at you know how well uh did they translate like like if we're looking at like when we did hawkeye versus mm-hmm. the show you know and, and that issue how much it pulled from the show you know from the comic into the show you know was this an accurate representation okay or anything we would just say our favorite death i mean i don't know mine is but um okay um i felt star wars 81 was definitely in my mind a blueprint of what they did for the show so i would you know i'd say i'd say that John Favreau and Dave Filioni are of course doing exactly the kind of work we learn to appreciate from them with Mandalorian. It's where we we draw a line of realism and Star Warsery while also keeping in line with things that the fans would appreciate like these little comic book easter eggs or references cuz I'm going to be honest with you seeing boba in the sand was literally just like him popping out of the the sand after escaping in the show like spot on i i did i did forget to send you guys one thing though um the Patton oswalt speech oh Oh, yeah i've seen it before yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's amazing (laughs) he must have been in heaven when that came out the fact that 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 was all improvised is probably one of the finest moments that you'll ever see in television the fact that they were like just go and it's like you know the 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 gloved hand of boba fett pulls himself out of the scar like pit and then he he flies away i'm like oh my god i can't and 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 leo i'll bring that back around too because the one retaining thing of eternals was Patton oswald Yes. All right. And I'll leave uh, it at that. Thank you. I already know I listen, I already know about um the Ebony Knight's fighting partner. So that was already spoiled to me, but I again until I see him, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'll, that's the only thing I know. So um so I think it's just again just my concluding thought is that we're at a point where I feel like we're finally deconstructing the myths of Star Wars and I think that if it's just handled well it should be good and we just have to accept that not everybody's going to like that you know um Mandalorian uh, is still one of the rare Star Wars thing where I feel most people because you know you can't say all but I would say 90% of people 
I've talked to about Mandalorian have very much given it high praise. Even people who aren't Star Wars fans thoroughly enjoyed it. So I feel like that's always now going to be the bar for Star Wars TV. And unfortunately, it Boba isn't the Mando, which is supposed to be a good thing. And hopefully the rest of the show proves it a, a worthy installment. Um, I've only had one episode in, but I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I don't get the hate from it. You know, it, it's um, it it is a slow burn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, and it certainly isn't Mandalorian, but you know, it, it's good Star Wars story. You know, and uh, and now he has a little kid seat for for Grogu when he finds him. So uh... <laughs> there you go. But I I think also. Just kind of what it is 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 that Man, uh, Mando was very much went into dipped into that samurai movies westerny vibe of mm-hmm. Star Wars, and I feel that Boba is still in that in a, in a way. Um, but again, you have this you're fleshing out this character that's kind of accomplished this legendary mythos status. So, you know, oh, uh, good for you there, sir. Yeah, that Ecto one popcorn bucket. Listen, that was a hard commodity when that came out, man. That, that became a real seller. Oh, um, uh, uh, they're still shipping them. And I saw a picture uh, uh, the other day yeah. where apparently yeah. it, it, somebody was pissed off when they were painting it. Yeah, are, are you talking you about? It? Yeah, are you talking about the cheetah ecto one? You know yes, the spots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, somebody that was a rage paint. It was just, yeah. fuck it, I'm done. I'm going on break. I'm sick of making these damn things. Damn internet. Exactly. So, I like I said, I don't really think we can do crowbars or whatever for for this kind of thing. Um, which no, but it, it's, yeah. it's a good discussion, you know, and, uh, you know, we can definitely, you know, uh, give our thoughts on if it was represented well or not. Uh, what about you, I, Rich? Yeah. Oops, sorry. I mean, I, I agree. It was uh, the comic um, gave a decent representation, like you said, spitting out the Starlight pit where you said he was covered in sand. See, it's interesting. I thought he was some kind of like membrane from being vomited out. Um, but yeah. now seeing it compared to that picture that you had from the, uh, promoting the show with them both together. Um, yeah, it probably was sand. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it could be. I mean, obviously, he was covered in some sort of acid as well. So, right. You know, it, it, he was being digested. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I loved the Boba Fett show. Um, I'm not going to ruin anything for Drew, but I mean, they, there is quite an expanse. I mean, you've sold one and two, uh, maybe in three and four, where they really mm-hmm. expand into the lore of Star Wars that we've never seen before. And I find that particularly fascinating, um, especially mm-hmm. the way that they do it. Um, but that's just me. And I, I, I love the show. I don't see any problems with it. Um, I think they're doing a great job building a backstory and a history to an interesting character that's fascinated Star Wars fans for years. Um, so I'm 
got an open mind so far i enjoy what they're doing but if they do something shitty i'm gonna let you know too because that's the way i am i'm always gonna give you the real deal buddy boy yeah (laughs) and they're tying it into the uh the cartoons as well which is you know pretty cool it's uh just because disney wants you to go watch more stuff on disney plus yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now that Marvel has linked the ability to link everything in a map to eventually come back to a eclipse or triumph or end game, if you will, they're going to just keep uh, doing it just with different properties. And uh, us as nerds, I mean, how many of us are watching the next day on YouTube Easter eggs of whatever show we just watched? Oh, hell yeah. This clam right here <laughs> uh do we know yet what next show is is it moon knight yes or she hulk it's either moon knight or she hulk but i have to say that moon knight trailer looks awesome and i'm i'm very optimistic about how that'll go um it's a very yeah, interesting the mark specter multiple personalities that got me excited as well drew yeah, absolutely. And and I'm I'm also excited about She-Hulk. You know, especially since they're they're taking cues from John Burns run, which was very breaking the fourth wall. You know, you're going to have a bomb abomination is back. Tim Roth is pumped. He said that uh he originally did the role in The Incredible Hulk like for his kids. So now it's like I think his grandkids are like, "Oh, okay." Like so you're a superhero. And he's like, mm, "Not really." Um, and then I also just love that when seeing the trailer, I was like, Oh, well, look at that, you know. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is really leaning into his Bill Bixby wardrobe, so yeah, yeah so that's that's good. Uh, looks like uh, Moon Knight is next, that's uh, March 30th. Okay, Guys, I gotta fix something, I'll be right back. I'm sorry, okay, okay. um. That means there's going to be a delay, right? Because there's only two episodes left. And then episode in between. There has to be something else. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so if... Uh, let me Let me look at a calendar. Okay, so second and ninth is going to end on the ninth. Normally, there's nothing the week after. So yeah, twenty third, second, ninth, sixteenth, twenty third. So there's they got four weeks between oh, wow. the series. Do, 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 do. Bam! We just, fig- we just figured out uh, so there's going to be four weeks in between uh, the end of Boba Fett and the start of Moon Knight. Okay. So what are they going to fill it with? Nothing. Another anime? Yeah. That's not too far from the truth probably. I, I enjoyed Bad Batch. Did you check that out, Leo? I did, yeah. 
Drew, did you ever get around to that? No, I probably will eventually. Okay, it's on the list. Uh, there's ever growing. Um, you might want to check it out sooner than later because there's a there's a possibility one of the characters may make it into uh, Boba. Oh, cool. Okay. Actually, maybe more than one. But there, there's a high possibility for one, at least. Right, Rich? Could be. I thought the most recent episode, the uh, there was a large character that was very similar, but again, that guy was a Mandalorian, so that didn't make a ton of sense. Mm. Uh, well, I'm talking about a character in the family sense. Oh, okay. Somebody's uh, sibling. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll just, uh, I mean, I don't really think there's anything more we can talk about with this. So I guess, oh. uh, do we know what we're doing next week? We do not. We will discuss that. But let's wrap things up. Uh, and the then mystery we continues. I know, I know, I know. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Definitely check the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And uh, with that, Drew, where do you like people interacting with you? I don't, but if you have to, uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, Ghostbusterman1984. Don't worry, you'll hear that again. Um, I'm on Screen Rant. I do a lot of stuff. Look up Dramel Screen Rant. I do a lot of stuff here. I'm generally busy, but I swear to you, it's not that I don't care. I'm just tired. But if you message me, I'll probably say hi. Probably. Hi. <laughs> Rich. Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook uh, as Rich Davis, and you can DM me like Justin Cooper dick pics. Um, and you can find me on the gram, uh, Ghostbuster Man 1984. And you can find me here every Tuesday on the award winning splash pages. Awesome. Uh, and uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond, but more importantly, follow these awesome people. And uh, yeah, with, uh, with that, catch you guys there. Bye. Peace out. Peace out.